This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here today at IAO Gallery down on Film Row here in Oklahoma City, and I'm sitting here today, uh, this evening actually, uh, visiting with the artist uh, Dead Feather. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. What I thought I might do is it would be real interesting to hear a little bit about the, you know, you know, where you were in life when you were doing your your artwork back in high school. And then kind of get some sense of, of kind of where you have come from there, if we could. Maybe just hear okay. you a little bit Starting of how you with high school. Yeah. Well, um, the current pictures I have um, were actually made probably about five years after high school. So, but I, there are a couple of artists here that I went to high school with. So they kind of met up with me and got together and somehow, here I am, lo and behold. But uh, I was influenced by a lot of the uh, Cats and Jethro, and that were doing the whole art scene. And I was writing poetry at the time, but there were maybe about three or four people in this circle in Jethro that were always writing and painting and all that business. Yeah. And uh, I thought I'd step in, you know, <laughs> like, I can do this too, or whatever. And, uh, and that's kind of what started that whole business. But as far as like painting seriously, I think for the past maybe five or six years, just, I've been working on the whole dead feather concept. Before that, I was just kind of writing poetry, or trying to, and I was hanging out with spontaneous Bob. Not really hanging out with him, but I'd meet up with him at a this poetry joint down there called Soth. Oh, okay. And there was another place I can't think of it right now, but um, yeah, Galileo's, Galileo's, that was the name, and uh, and he got a hold of me and said, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, and I thought my, what I might do is maybe ask you when you were speaking about the dead feather concept, it would be real interesting just to hear maybe at a deeper level, you know, what that means or what you would explain to people. Yeah, yeah. You know, for them to kind of get a little more of an insight into into who you are and. Yeah, um, dead feather. It's kind of it's a concept I've been working on since I began this whole project, probably my eight years ago. Um, kind of attacking the idea of assimilation. You know, the assimilation of the American Indians, specifically the Creek and the Seminole, because I'm Creek and Seminole. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't raised in a traditional household. I was raised um, in an assimilated household, I guess if you could say. Um, I'll put it this way, you know, Muskogee Creek were the first ones to be civilized under a five-point civilization process set under George Washington. I think it was like a five-point, six-point process anyway. And then, you know, in his mind, George Washington, our first president, had this mind like, hey, we're going to civilize these Indians in Muscogee Creek. And what they, mean, you know, what they mean by that is completely eradicating their language. We don't want them speaking their own language. We don't want them worshiping their deities. What we're going to do is we're going to introduce the concept of Christianity, and they're going to follow this concept. What we're going to do is we're going to take over their land. They're going to be farmers, and they're going to work for us. They have no control over their land. You know, these are the types of things that uh, George Washington had in mind when you talk about the civil, uh, civilization process and civilizing the American Indian. I'm the result of what he happened, the way I see it. Uh, I'm the result of what he envisioned, you know. This, this is something that took years and years, generation by generation, to accomplish. It's not something that happened in a matter of 10 years or something. You know, for example, you know, I got my great-great-grandfather. He would speak nothing but kook. Hmm. And then you got... My great grandfather, he was speaking nothing but Creek. Then you start getting in like early, early 1900s, and that's when my grandfather comes in, and he's born, and he has to go to boarding school, and he's forced to speak English, you know. And 
my great grandfather hearing, you know, seeing what what is happening to them, you know, tells my grandfather, you know, it's the white man's world, so you're gonna have to start following the ways. And lo and behold, my grandfather, you know, after being forced to speak English and having Christianity kind of shoved into his head, you know, growing up, you know, the idea of you know becoming, you know, staying staying true to your culture and practicing your language and all that has become foreign to him. And so he becomes a preacher and in his household, you know, my mom, my aunts and my uncles, they, they're not really speaking Creek. You mm. get what I'm saying? And so I grew up under my mother's household. We're not really speaking Creek. And so, you know, the, this whole idea of like Muscogee Creek, Seminole, what's that? You know, I know I'm Indian, but what does that mean exactly? And so like the dead feather concept I try to kind of reverse the effects. So I'm, I'm working on like a children's A to Z book. I, I mean, along with my paintings and trying to get that concept out, I'm also working on like little dolls and books, like a, an A to Z children's book. And it, it'll have the numbers one through 10 in Creek, a map of the homelands, you know, A through Z book. It'll have like, for example, A, Papota, which is alligator. It shows you how it's spelled in Creek and how you would say it so, and so forth from A through Z, minus whatever letters that don't exist in the Muscogee alphabet. But I'm also I'm working on dolls that are based around the... Uh, oh, like yeah. Look at that. They're based on uh, the plain tribes of Indians, the kind of dolls that they would play with. But I add the, uh, the Seminole flair mm. of dressing, Creek Seminole flair of dressing, yeah. and it has a little booklet with it, which the same concept of the A to Z children's book I was talking about. Oh. It has animals that are like 10 animals that might have some kind of importance to uh, Creek culture, like Chula, the fox would be like the trickster hmm. or something like that. And then the numbers 1 through 10 in Creek, kind of like the children's book I'm working on. It is it, it slowly and truthfully rather another trickster, another important character in Creek folklore. But what it is, is like it slowly reintroduces you to your history and your culture uh, for those who are Muscogee Creek or Seminole. You know, this, this is kind of something I would have liked to have growing up as a child because I, I, I wasn't exposed to the language. I wasn't exposed to the traditions and all these, these traditions that they may have practiced in these belief systems. You know, I'm, I'm completely assimilated. This yeah. is what, you know, George Washington had in mind. And so I'm, I'm kind of going against that, you know what I mean? A lot of my work you see uh, a lot of symbolism repeated over and over, which was kind of a, a play on a... I guess you could call it the powers that be, but the people that control things, these products that are thrown out there, the books that you read, the clothes that you wear, the type of music that you listen to, all these are controlled by a certain group of people. I know it sounds crazy, but these people were bred for power. You know, you got these people that are, are like educated, and when I mean by educated, you know, they they join like these secret societies, like Skull and Bones or Wolf's Head Society. You know, these are. These are prestigious schools of education, you know, and they, they are bred for positions of power. The people that run the war department, you know, the, the, the magazines and the publishing companies and all that. I'm actually reading a, book, a couple of books that, that go in deeper and deeper into this, you know. And uh, America in general, long story short, America in general is just a big giant bully. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. the way I see it, I mean, I put it this way. I did a show called Catching Shadows a while back. And it's based off of this photographer named uh, Edward S. Curtis. And he was hired by uh, J.P. Morgan, the big bankers, yeah. to uh, capture 
quote, the dying race of Native Americans on the West Coast before Western frontiers started taking over. And so these books sold for hundreds of dollars to these rich millionaire bankers or what have you. So, you know, they hired him to travel and capture the dying race of Indians. So that kind of gives you an idea of what these corporations and these people in power have in mind when they, when they look at the American Indian. Also, you notice a lot of skulls in my work. It's kind of a, a play, you know, kind of give you an idea of like how they feel, like these people in power feel about the Native American. I'll say, for example, when I was talking about Skull and Bone Society, it's been rumored that they stole Geronimo's skull hmm. and they have it about, you know, and there's also Osceola, his head was cut off and it was burnt up in a fire. And so it's just so weird that these men in power who run these things are just so fascinated with Indian heads. It kind of gives you an idea of what they think about the American Indian. It's just something to look at, you know, mm. something to marvel over. There's no real level of respect, I don't think. You know, you've got these mascots, you know, the Redskins and all that. And I don't think people really understand, you know, how hurtful these mascots and this imagery can be. I mean, we've been so sedated into thinking, you know, all Indians have feathers in the back of their head which isn't true. You know, a lot of people think Indians when they think of Oklahoma and they see the Indian with the long headdress and, and cowhide or whatever, buffalo hide. Well, Muscogee Creek, you know, they're from the southeastern tribes. There was a completely different style of dressing. So, you know, different regions have different belief systems, different cultures, different ways of beliefs, different styles of dressing, maybe even different types of foods or what have you. But, you know, as a culture in America, we'll, we'll kind of believe I used to believe, you know, it's all condensed into one. This is what an Indian is, which isn't the truth at all, if you understand. Okay. Yeah, yeah, very but interesting. But that, that's, that's kind of the whole purpose of the dead brother concept. Yeah. So, Do you find that as, as, you have, as you have studied and learned these things that you are sharing, you know, for instance, in this book mm-hmm. uh, or with, with the children's books, has that, has that changed you? I guess I could ask you maybe how that's changed you in, in some way. Oh, man, it's it changed me a lot. I'm, I'm actually looking into getting back into writing poetry. So it's been about good, you know, seven to eight years since I've actually wrote poetry seriously. And with this, these words and, you know, these different languages, I'm, I'm studying the words and trying to learn how to speak it. I, I would like to uh, make a poetry book just based on Creek language, you know, to, to, to kind of fit in with the whole concept, the dead feather concept and reviving the uh, Muscogee Creek language and, uh, you know, let people know, you know, these people exist. This is an actual tribe. It's not something, it's not a relic of the past. It's, you know, it's just up to you as an individual. If you have Muscogee Creek, whatever kind of blood you have that you feel, if you are a Native American, look into your history. Read a book and understand where you come from and why you are. You can understand why you are in the world. If you can just look at the history of the world that you're brought up on and why things are in that place. And, you know, none of this stuff happens by accident. You know, these people of power keep the poor poor. I mean, you know, it, it, it transcends the United States. I mean, this goes overseas. We're talking about small little armies that go over and terrorize, like, small islands, like, say, Nicaragua and uh, Guatemala or something like that. We oh, have yeah. green squads that go over there that keep these people in line. It's the same concept that they pulled on. It's a, it's a form of terrorism that they pulled on the Native American, which which actually started, you know, in the late 1700s. You oh, know, wow. Washington. I mean, it's a concept that has expanded for the past 400 years. I mean, I think it's important to look back at the history. And if you do, just do a little bit of research and read a couple of books. You can understand why things are the way they are. 
I mean, they didn't happen for no reason. There's a reason why that poverty level exists. And that poverty level is going to exist because there are people that have empower with all the money, the banks and the corporations that have too much invested overseas for them, for these other, corporate, these other small countries to rise up and live on their own without U.S. interference. So, you know, it's, I don't know, like studying this language and these words has really changed me and kind of opened my eyes up to, you know, how the word really works. Oh, know? yeah. And understanding yeah. your responsibility as an individual in this, I guess, this moment in time. You know, you don't you, you don't know when your time is up, and so you gotta you gotta research and you gotta do something. You, you know, you gotta let your voice be known, let your voice be heard. And I think that's really important, especially here in Oklahoma and in the art scene. You know, we need to come together, and everybody has a voice, and it's it's important to hear everybody's voice. You may not like it, but that's that's what makes up the fabric of Oklahoma. Yeah, and it sounds like to me that there are there's so many different things that we can everyone can learn from hearing these different voices. It, 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 different it can kind of open up the doors of unity and understanding. You know, if you want to understand why people are angry, well, listen to their voice, listen to their life, listen to what they've gone through. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's not just on one individual; it's everybody. Everybody has a voice, and if you can just take a moment to just listen, or just kind of get an idea. What, other people might have to say, you might find they're just as pissed as you are, or whatever the <laughs> subject may be. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then do you find, too, that in some ways that this, this type of learning, the things you're sharing, that, that it can really bring the community together? Well, in sure. A lot of ways? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Muscogee Creek. It could be African American history. It could be Asian American history. I mean, the German history. You know, I'm part Irish. My grandfather always told me, you know, you're part Irish too, so don't let that, <laughs> you know, don't think, you know, you're just straight up Native American. I mean, you're, you're a little bit of everything, and that's what makes America great. You know, America is a blending of all these great cultures and these great people. But, you know, if you want to be a responsible citizen of the U.S., it's, it's important for you to research your history. If you, if you can't go to college, <laughs> use somebody's internet service and just look up books that would educate you on the subjects you want to look at. You know, I'm, I've only been to college once, but I, I can't go to college. I would like to be educated, but I'm part of the lower rung of the social spectrum, the class ladder, you know what I mean? I'm part of the lower rung. I, I grew up poor, and I, I didn't have access to education. You know, people say, well, go to school and get educated. It's not that simple. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are born into poverty, and it's not like they can just go... And just go to school and get all these grants. If, if, if that were the case, trust me, I wouldn't be making art and doing this because I would be able to have the funding or the ability to go to school. You get what I'm saying? So even if you can't afford to go to school, find ways to make it work, man. You can educate yourself. You know? And these institutions, a lot of what they tell you may not be the complete truth, and that's why you know, it's, some, it's up to you to take personal responsibility to educate yourself yeah I mean that's just my personal experience oh yeah and I was going to say too I'm wondering in some ways if you look at yourself back in high school you know what do you, what do you think maybe the the, 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 high, the high school you of that age oh since my you, God. you know would think about you know would think I, about I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed looking back at the high school I mean I you know growing up I, I was probably like any typical teenager I'm sure a lot of kids feel the same way I mean I didn't care I didn't care about getting an education at the time now, you know, for the past maybe 10, 15 years, I've been wanting to go to school and educate myself, you know. It's, it's so fascinating, you know, and you kind of 
you learn about yourself and who you are and what you are. And you can sometimes it can, it can become like a spiritual thing, and you can kind of realize, you know, what your purpose is to do on earth or whatever it is, you know. And the way I feel it, my purpose is to create something and bring my past alive and make it stick. You know what I mean? That's what I'm here to do. And I, I, I like to paint. I like to write poetry. I like to sculpt. Apparently, I'm like to making dogs. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, I love this. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta look at your life and make use of your surroundings. You know what I mean? So I've definitely changed since high school, but uh, that's life. And it's not so much I'm embarrassed, but there, there's some change, some things that would change. Yeah, and it sounds like to me too that you know the th- through the things that you create, this isn't you know just creating to be creating. That you're also Trying to help other people learn it's, it's, and trying it's to education. You know, I, I work as a TA too, and uh, at an elementary school, and uh, they were kind enough to put my book, my children's A to Z book, on their library along with these two dogs, and they, huh. they they let me talk about you know Oklahoma Creek, Muskogee Creek, and Seminole history during the whole little eighty nine or land run thing. So I've been blessed to be able to share some of this knowledge, even though it's. You know, not just strictly through art, but also through the, an educational system. You get what I'm saying? To share, share it with the kids. And they seem to like it. I mean, they know I'm a teacher, and then they see the doll, and they look at it. What's this word? What's this mean? And it's just really cool. It's just, you know, to see the youth see that, and maybe kind of, hopefully, they can take away something from it. Like, this is important, you know? There's other people that live in this country or in this state inside just me, you know, oh, yeah. different cultures here that make up the state. You know. But it is what it is. You know, some people may not pick that up. You know, the kid may just see a dog. <laughs> and, you know, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, know. or I wonder if sometimes maybe they see it and maybe it stays with them. I guess is that the hope that it, at some point that stays with them so that when they, as they do grow and mature and their perspective Hopefully starts to Hopefully they remember that as they grow older. You know, maybe they do have some kind of degree of Native American blood or African American blood or what have you, and they can look back on their own culture and be like, oh, this is where I come from. Hopefully it just kind of starts off like a, a seed. Yeah. It's going to sprout. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really beautiful that you are, you know, that you're actually, you know, giving people the opportunity to, you know, to, to help plant those seeds. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to be grateful, man. you know. I used to be a very bad alcoholic. I used to drink. Every day. Every day. And it's, it's a horrible way to live. You know, alcoholism has destroyed a lot of people in the Native American community. If I could, I would like to start, like, some kind of alcohol prevention program or... Maybe drug prevention program, or even suicide prevention program within the Native American community, because the suicide rates are off the wall, man. It, it, it's crazy when you, when you look at the reservations, the statistics. And same thing with alcoholism. I'm, it runs in my family. I've quit drinking. I've, I've gotten two family members to quit drinking, by the way, too, since my transformation. And it's I don't know, man. It, I just think art can have that kind of power if you just be patient and people will pay attention. You can't control those kind of things. But, yeah, just um, through my work, I, I hope to maybe eventually in the future have a program that kind of prevent, you know, prevent alcoholism, alcohol abuse. There's nothing wrong with drinking, don't get me wrong. But when you take it to that level of drinking every day to numb your pain or what, what have you, it, that's horrible. You know? I, I, I hate seeing people live like that, you know, in, a, in such a negative energy. Negative yeah. But, yeah. yeah.
And then it's interesting too, because when you were first speaking about the dead feather concept, what I'm gathering from what you've shared, and I really appreciate you sharing this, is that this is really a way of life for you. Is it? I, yeah, I, I don't know if I I'm taking. I don't want to be putting words in your mouth, but so to speak. But I, I don't know if, if I'm hearing that that this really is. This is the way that it's you live. It's definitely a way of life, man. I mean, I, I have a certain image and style that I portray on my on the canvas and on the, the way of the dolls they made. How everything is presented. It's it's, it's definitely the dead feather style. Man. You can look at it and you know that. That's the artist. And that's good. It's, it's, I think it's important that an artist develops a style that someone can look at and go, oh, I know that person. You know what I mean? And that, that's good. I think that part, I've, I've kind of got that down for the most part. Right now, just, I've just been, like I said, I may have said it earlier, but just kind of stuck in the spot. Like, well, well, what do I do now? Do I keep painting? Or do I focus on my dolls? Or do I translate? See, I've got like maybe a uh, two or three more little translator dictionaries from like way back in the day. One's a Dine language and one's a Lakota language. And I'm thinking about doing the same thing, the, the same type oh, of book. Yeah. And just like a book for either adults or children, like an A to Z book with a little bit of history of each tribe or that region. And, you know, just kind of keep the spirit of America alive and what I mean by the spirit of America, the Native American spirit. You know, where, you know this country was founded on... Native American land, you know, which has been swindled from us. And I think, you know, it, it can be angry, but at the same time, you know, you accept it and then prevent those kind of atrocities from happening again by educating yourself and educating your audience, whoever may come to look at whatever kind of work you are looking at. So, yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, too, that I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, looking at your art. It's really, in my mind, just from, based on the short time that I've known you, that it's really hard to separate. You can't really, at least I don't know if it's possible to. It's almost as if, you know, you and the art are really connected. In other words, it's, you know, you can't just look at your work aside from you as a human being and, and what it is that you are learning and sharing with people. I really get the sense that this is all, you know, yeah. this is all one thing. Yeah. That's the thing, like, when people look at art, or an artist has a product or whatever what have you a lot of people that's how people that's how marketing works people recognize that artist by that particular art but the yeah. thing is you don't have to stick to painting you can you can write books you can sculpt you can make those you can you can do whatever you want the, the, the deal is it's just to have a specific goal a good goal in mind a decent goal a righteous goal <laughs> you can and, and just strive for it and shoot for it and just find different ways that you can make that dream a reality. You know? Yeah. And it, you, you are the creator of your own world. You know what I mean? You, you, you can be happy. It, you, can, you can have all the things in the world that you want. You just have to believe and you have to work for it and you have to make it happen. You know, it doesn't just come to you out of the sky. And it's, it's a matter of work, man. And so, in these last eight years, here I am. You know, and I'm, I'm proud of what it's turned into. Man. I just hope people can take notice. You know, and kind of look at what it is, what the hell I'm trying to say. I think it's an important message, especially here in Oklahoma, when you're dealing with Native Americans and Creek history and Seminole history. You know, we're home of the five civilized tribes. And so, yeah, I think it's important. Yeah. And I, and I enjoy you doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's been a joy to, to, to meet you and to be able to hear, you know, your story and to also understand, you know, that this is, this, this is, this life that you're leading is about so much more than just, you know, who you are as a person. It's, you know, it's about the work, it's the things you're creating and there's, there's, there's just a lot of wonderful things going on here and yeah, it's, uh, and, it, and it's really inspiring. I really appreciate your time. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, oh man. Thank you. That is fantastic.